what Crosshair is going through and what he endures, I think he might be my favorite now. His plight and his his peril and his journey is a really fascinating one. And um, I, I really think fans, they're really going to uh, take a, a whole new look on this guy. Happy 2023 and welcome back to Dagobah Dispatch. I'm Devin Kogan and I am joined as always by my co-host Lauren Morgan. Lauren, happy new year. Happy new year, Devin. How are you doing? I'm good. I am I am back in Los Angeles after after braving the the snowy wastelands of Hoth, aka Missouri. <laughs> um it was about as cold there as as it was on Hoth, but um fortunately I didn't have to slice open any tauntauns. Um but how about you? How was how was your new year? How how was how were your holidays? Uh it was it was pretty good. Um my my daughter said uh she had a great Christmas, which I I did my job, although um my husband said Santa Claus lost his uh or her mind with the amount of presents that <laughs> That my daughter got, but you know, she was happy and I currently have a Barbie townhome taking up like a fourth of my living room space. So, you know, that's something that's a new thing. But I also learned that if you host a star Wars podcast, you get a lot of star Wars presents because this year I got a (laughs) ton of them. So from all sorts of different people, how about you, Devin? Did you get Um, anything? I didn't get anything star Wars related, but every time I go home, you know, we always, I, it was fun to be back in my childhood bedroom with my big, I've got one of the big revenge of the Jedi posters (laughs) back when it was still revenge of the Mm -hmm. Jedi. Um, You know, and I, and I found um, in our basement, we have a giant um, Darth Vader helmet that like with the voice changer and so i did i wear that around the house a little bit maybe <laughs> i got like i got uh, an ahsoka doll my sister's boyfriend gave me a, a baby yoda shirt and a blanket and i got i i got like i got a lola a little one of those lola animatronic things oh, yeah. yeah so i, I kind of i got a, i've got a bunch of different star wars stuff so it, it my oh, my man. desk at home is positively packed with star wars stuff so <laughs> I love yeah. that. That's you, you're like ready to open your own, like, you know, like a uh, junk that's shop true. with with just all that's exclusively Star Wars. Mm-hmm. The nicest thing, though, is my sister gave me uh, she found a Dagobah poster because we since we host the Dagobah Dispatch, she gave oh. me a Dagobah poster to put above my uh, my uh, uh, desk at home, which was very sweet of her. So that was nice. Oh, my gosh. That's that's yeah. perfect. I keep telling, I keep saying that we need to, we need to make yeah. merch. We need to get star like like t-shirts or, or bags. posters or yeah. something. Because I, you know, I'm I'm biased, but I think our design is really. <laughs> yeah, cool. I really like our logo as well. So yeah. designed by um, EW's Chuck mm-hmm. Kerr. Um, well, we're really sad that uh, Dalton isn't here with us this week, um, but we've still got a lot to talk about. Uh, kind of kicking off the new year uh, with with a little bit of Star Wars. This is the the premiere of the Bad Batch season two. It is it is officially back. And Lauren, I know you've done a lot of like reporting mm-hmm. on this show. Um, what are you like these first couple episodes? Like what what excited you the well, most? Well, I, uh, I luckily I was able to uh, interview Dee Bradley Baker, who does the voice of almost all the clones. Uh, actually, he does all the clones on uh, he did it on the Clone Wars and now he does it on the Bad Batch, all the main characters on uh, on this new show. Uh, and he was a delight to talk to. Um, but uh, but in preparation, I got to see actually like 14 episodes of this new oh, season. Wow. So I haven't seen the final two of the season, but I have seen 14 of them. So, uh, you know, I really enjoy that. But today, uh, Disney Plus released the first two, uh, which was a, which were, were kind of just an, a, an action packed action focused adventure 
Um, we're catching up with the Bad Batch after um, uh, Camino has been destroyed at the end of season one. Uh, they're still kind of on the run. They're protecting Omega, which if people don't know, is basically kind of like Boba Fett's like biological sister, like clone sister. So she's she's sort of like a straight clone of jo- uh, Jango Fett, except, you know, she's a, a female instead of a male like Boba Fett. Uh, and so, uh, you know, we're catching them up. They're on, on a, a little bit of a mission. Uh, we also get a shout out to uh, Count Dooku because we wound up wind up on his home planet of Sereno. And uh, we see his castle that we saw a lot in the Clone Wars. Um, but a lot of it was, you know, uh, the first uh, two episodes are really kind of taking uh, taking the temperature of where everyone is. Uh, all the characters, Hunter, Wrecker, Tech, uh, Echo. Uh, and, you know, Omega and seeing where they're at, you know, after like sort of their, their home of Camino has gotten destroyed. What I'd really like to see is that Omega, like Omega in the first season, she, since she's like kind of a kid and the Bad Batcher, you know, they're all, you know, uh, they're kind of like father brother figures to her. We're always kind of telling her to stay back. Like, you know, we're going to go on this mission, but you got to stay in the thing. But now they're really kind of training her to like be part of the missions. And so a part of the, uh, part of this episode is her, you know, she's getting uh, lessons from various bad match members on ships and identifying ships and all this sort of stuff. So it's kind of nice to see that they're kind of like fully bringing her onto the team and they're not just being like kids sit over there. So I like that part. Yeah, I got to see a little bit way back, like six months ago at Star Wars Celebration. And yeah, that was kind of the vibe I got where it's it's such like a I, I love the dynamic between all of it's sort of this. I'm, I'm a sucker for like a found family trope. It's like my <laughs> yes, favorite trope in the world. And so like this, this is like very much like scratching that itch. And um, I just that's uh, we'll, we'll have that interview with with Dee Bradley Baker later on um, in the episode. But I mean, like, man, he is so cool. He's one of those guys who like it's just like I'm. I'm a pretty casual animation fan, you know, I have mm-hmm. a lot of things, but I mean, he is just like a legend. I don't know if you watched yeah. Avatar The Last Airbender, but like he was, he voiced Appa and and, and he does like, he's he's kind of known for, he does so many amazing animals, which is like such a cool skill. And, you know, like basically any any animated show you've loved from like the past 15 years, I mean, Dee Bradley Baker has had a hand in it. So, I mean, just what a legend. Right before I was doing the interview, my husband was kind of going through his IMDb page. And, you know, on, obviously, since I have a seven-year-old, we watch a lot of animation at home. <laughs> and honestly, I mean, I don't mind. I wanted to be an animator as a kid. I've always loved animation. Uh, so, uh, but my husband was like pointing out, he's like, oh, he does this. Oh, he does this. And it's like, and it's crazy to see him. Um, I don't know if uh, people can, uh, people at Star Wars Celebration, he did, uh, he and Michelle Eng did a live action reading from The Bad Batch. And he just literally flips between the characters. Characters. Like, it's not like he just goes and does Hunter and then Wrecker. He just like literally flips between the characters so quickly. And it's a marvel to watch him go. Uh, so it was really fun to talk to him and just to see how quickly he can kind of flip between these uh, these characters. So th- that was a, you know, a big fan. I talked to him about, you know, Captain Rex, who of course is my favorite and who does, uh, you know, we've seen him in the trailer. And then there's a couple of other familiar clone faces we're going to see this season as well. So I got to talk to him a little bit about that. Uh, about what it's like to sort of revisit these uh, these different clone characters. And, you know, it, it, I find it amazing how he just makes it uh, each vocal performance just slightly different. So, you know, each the characterization is there between all of them. It's great. That's the thing that's so crazy is like, you know, obviously the Bad Batch, they all have very different voices and very different, you know, kind of personalities. But like the way on Clone Wars, the way he can do vocal differences between all of these different clones who are 
theoretically identical, but he still yeah, makes them. Yeah, they're all the regular clones. Yeah, <laughs> but he still makes them, like, gives them their each their own personality and, like, does a slightly different voice performance. Is like, it's kind of like a masterclass of, of you yeah. know, performance. Yeah, it's just totally amazing to 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 listen to him and to watch him go. And I think uh, the first two episodes, they really kind of give you, um, you know, not all the like the Bad Batch, like, you know, you, you've got all these characters, but they're all kind of in a, a slightly different place. And uh, you'll see in the first episode, Echo, who is a, a regular clone who joined the Bad Batch, he is kind of sort of looking around at what's going on with the Empire and is like, like we need to do more here. We can't just like, cause they've been on the run to sort of like hide Omega cause the uh, empire wants them for their nefarious cloning purposes um, and various other, uh, other things. And he keeps looking around at like, you know, his precious Republic's getting destroyed and he's seeing how the cl- other clone troopers are being like abused by the empire now. And he's kind of like, we've have to do something here. And so that's kind of an interesting thing that sort of, uh, that sort of there's that tension that's happening in the first couple episodes between uh, Hunter and Echo and the rest of the uh, the rest of the crew. So I enjoyed that. It's also kind of interesting just to see the Empire right at, at its like sort of nascent beginning and and what's kind of falling out that way. Yeah, I feel like we haven't seen a ton of stuff set in the immediate aftermath of, you know, um, of, of Order 66 and, and sort of the, the mm-hmm. early first days. I mean, we're seeing an Andor sort of. It's still, you know, the the empire is still kind of at its, you know, um, building stage. You know, it, it's 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 certainly not the sort of global or global intergalactic force that we we know at the time of the original trilogy. So I think that's like kind of a really interesting timeline to explore. Like, okay, what was it mm-hmm. immediately like immediately after you know this sort of this sort of era? Yeah, and that's sort of something that I won't get too spoilery, but they do deal with that a lot during the second season is basically sort of how the clones were basically just kind of used and abused by the Empire. Like they did this horrific thing in Order 66. Most of it was like beyond their control because they had these these chips that just made them uh, strike down these people who were were their friends and colleagues, all, all the Jedi. And so it's sort of, you get to see a lot of like interesting stuff between the, some of the clones uh, coming to terms with that, coming to terms with the Empire, you know, you know, these were all soldiers of the Grand Republic, and now they're they're working for something that a lot of them don't believe in. So it's kind of an interesting thing that goes across the uh, season, and it's sort of like some like just nitty gritty stuff about you know what uh, what responsibilities people have towards the soldiers that have served them. So I thought that was kind of interesting stuff. It's also really interesting, and, and Dee mentions this in our interview, a, re- a really interesting plot line coming with Crosshair, who was one of the Bad Batch clones who stayed with the Empire. Um, and he's got a, re- like, I wasn't usually like crazy about Crosshair in the first season, um, but he's kind of got a really interesting arc this uh, season as well. So, and you know, it was, it was pretty good. Uh, I think Bad Batch fans will be pretty happy with this season, I think. Yeah, I'm curious, you know, for you as somebody who, you know, you're uh, such a hardcore fan of, you know, Clone Wars and Rebels mm-hmm. and some of the other animated, you know, um, offerings that the Star Wars galaxy has 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 given us. Um, for you, you know, what makes how does Bad Batch kind of s- stack up? What what makes it kind of unique for you? Well, it's really interesting because it really is focused on like mostly on the clones because like, you know, in the Clone Wars, you you were dealing with Obi-Wan, you were dealing with Anakin, you had Padme, you had all these different, you had a lot of like sort of Jedi stuff going on. And here, you, you know, you don't really 
you know, the Jedi, they're kind of like, there are Jedi around and, and hiding. Like we don't, you know, we, we don't see any of these in the, in the first, uh, you know, episode. Um, so it really is about like, you know, this whole entire group of soldiers and, you know, what happens to them post order 66. And you start seeing how the empire is looking into, you know, we're going to get the sort of stormtrooper corps coming into them. So it's basically like the empire, like created this whole clone uh, army. And then it's basically like, yeah, you did what we needed you to do. So now we have to, uh, now we've got the stormtroopers, but I think something that I always find funny, and this is something that happens in Star Wars Rebels a lot, is how much the clone troopers think the stormtroopers are idiots. <laughs> and so it's just again and again. And it does, there's a couple of scenes like throughout the season where you're just like, oh yeah, they should not have gotten rid of the clone troopers because these guys are really good soldiers and the stormtroopers are just idiots. Like, you know, they're just kind of conscripted people. But it's just like the clone troopers, you're like, yeah, in a battle, I know the clone troopers are going to sort of take it over. Um but yeah, I really, I mean, I've what I've always really liked about the animated things, and I know there's a lot of people who, you know, I mean, there's like seven seasons of The Clone Wars. There's four seasons of Star Wars Rebels. It's a lot of commitment. There's like a lot of episodes. But I feel like the whole animated aspect of Star Wars, it really provided such a sort of written, richness and uh, like, like sort of a... To, to everything that's going on in the galaxy. It makes you, it made me sort of understand the galaxy a lot more like the Jedi and the clones and how like everything that sort of led up into the Imperial thing, uh, into the creation of the empire. And so, and it even has like, there's a lot of stuff in the clone wars. That's really interesting stuff about the force and the way the force is used and how it affects everything. Um, and I know uh, Dalton always jokes with me about how much I proselytize over the animated shows. <laughs> But <laughs> I'm like, people, give them a shot. But I think like the Bad Batch, it's just sort of a continuation of that whole sort of, uh, I guess it's like the Filoni-verse, um, that sort of whole animated thing. And these are characters that like, you know, Captain Rex, who's in the trailer. Captain Rex, I, I love Captain Rex. He's one of my, you know, if I was doing the Star Wars ranking, he would have <laughs> probably been number two. So, so it's always just, you know, because he's just, he was always just such a great character. He's always there. He's reliable. He resisted his goddamn inhibitor chip. Um, so I'm <laughs> just always, you know, I'm just a huge fan of, uh, of all of these characters. So, and to me, they're just as important as, as, you know, Luke, Leia and Han, which I know is probably like crazy for some people to hear. But, you know, these these characters make up Star Wars to me because it shows that the galaxy is filled with heroes, not just the our, our main three our, our core three people. So, yeah, I, I was kind of late to Clone Wars and I absolutely mm -hmm. just like fell in love with it and was just so impressed by the, the storytelling and the I think a lot of um you know, especially when it comes to like the prequel trilogy, everybody loves to harp on on some of the prequels mm -hmm. and like the plot holes and things that don't work. And I for for me, like Clone Wars just like fills in all of those gaps. So oh yeah, absolutely. It just like it, I mean, I was you know, I mean, I was not a prequel lover, and honestly, it gave it made me understand the prequels so much more, and it made me understand the story George Lucas was telling with the prequels so much more because like, he had so much more time to sort of you know examine all of these things he was bringing up 
in in the prequel trilogy. And so I really feel like as flawed as the prequel trilogy is, I feel like the Clone Wars kind of, yeah, like as you said, fills in the gaps there. And I came to the Clone Wars very, very late. I didn't come to the, it was, I, it wasn't on air, like it was airing. And I was just like, oh, there's a Star Wars animated show? Weird. I, you know, it, I mean, and I just thought it was mostly for, for kids. And it, I came to it very, very late. But once I started watching this, I was like, wow, this is amazing. So, you know. I'm well. I am absolutely mm-hmm. hyped for for Bad Batch. I I got to catch up and 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 dive in for season two. Um, but uh, we also wanted to talk about another piece of, of Star Wars media uh, that just came out, which is uh, the Battle of Jedha audiobook, which just came out. Which we just had a um, a clip from it on on this very podcast. Yes, our our last show of the year, we had a, a little bit of a clip from it. I got to. See, it's by George Mann. It's an actual like it's sort of more of an audio drama than an audiobook because um, it's like there's like a full cast of performers on this sort of stuff. Uh, and if you've started, the one thing we haven't really talked much about the High Republic, we did, we, I did have an interview with uh, Zoraida Cordova uh, about her uh, High Republic book, Convergence, but we haven't really talked about the whole, the whole, the big whole uh, thing that uh, Lucasfilm has been doing with it. And this is sort of like uh, the culmination of the first couple of books of part two. And the nice thing about part two is you don't have have to have read part one to read part two because it takes place like 150 years before part one. Um, so if you want to kind of just jump into it, you can just jump into it with the first couple of books of part two and then go back to that. But this is sort of like, there's a lot of different characters that were in Path of Deceit and in uh, Convergence. And there's the, I know the Marvel comic books, which even I haven't sort of kept up with. Um, So it's kind of a a, a fun little, it's a quick uh, listen. If you are into, uh, if you like audiobooks, I know we had this whole thing a couple months ago about us not listening to audiobooks, which was funny because right after that, I thought, you know, maybe I should give audiobooks a try. <laughs> and I started listening to audiobooks. And uh, I listened to the audiobook for uh, Path of Deceit, which is really great. Uh, and that really talks about, uh, there's this thing uh, in the High Republic called the Path of the Open Hand. And they, these are kind of like, it's kind of like a force cult, like these people who are, believe in the force, but believe that the Jedi are corrupting the force. And so it's a really fascinating thing to see people who believe in the force, but you know, like we've always seen the force from the perspective of the Jedi. So it's really interesting to see it from like different perspectives. And they have a, a big part to play in um, the battle for Jedi or of Jedi. Sorry. Um, and it's kind of an interesting, just, you know, it's about it's a five hour listen. So, you know, a uh, couple of car trips uh, in a week, you'll probably uh, get it done. But it's, it, you know, it's a, it's an interesting thing because it is really written as an audio play and not just read as an audio book. So, you know, the production you know, there's, you know, uh, sound effects and all sorts of, you know, sort of stuff like that. So it really does sound like a sort of kind of an old school radio drama. See, I love that. I, I'm like generally not a huge fan of audiobooks that are just like Mm -hmm. read by a single narrator. Um, you know, that's, that's usually just not my scene. I'd I'd rather read Mm -hmm. it. Um, but I love like audio dramas and audio plays. I love narrative fiction podcasts. And so this sounds like it's like a hundred percent up my alley. Yeah. See, that's the funny thing. Cause it's like, whenever I've tried like narrative fiction podcasts, I'm always like, ah, oh, not so much, but, um, but I do know that, you know, the, the person who's reading your audiobook can really affect your enjoyment of the audiobook. Yes. Cause there's been some books where I was like, I like this book, but I don't like the person reading this book. So <laughs> you're just, but then there's sometimes when, you know, I was listening to the audiobook of the, um, the buried giant the other day and the person who was reading that, I was like, Oh wow, this person's really doing a great, 
great job for it. So it, it's funny how that audio production aspect can either kind of draw you in or throw you out completely. So, which is, you know, something you don't have when you're just reading a book in your head because it's whatever voice you want it to be in. So it's true. That's very true. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, very true. it's we've got that and Bad Batch and there's a ton of Star Wars content coming out this year. So we're going to have a lot to talk about yeah. in 2023. We have a ton to talk about. We've got, you know, the Bad Batch is coming. The Mandalorian is coming back finally. For that. Baby Yoda, finally. We get to see or my little precious Baby Yoda again or Grogu, which is his pop. Yeah, whatever. um, (laughs) Yeah. Whenever I mention his name is Grogu, my daughter's like, no, it's not. It's Baby Yoda. So (laughs) that's the thing. We've got a whole generation of of children who are growing up and who are going to be like, no, it's Baby Yoda. So yeah, it's Baby Yoda. So, um, you know, and then hopefully we'll get to see some footage from the Ahsoka show whenever. Like, I think you got to see some at Star Wars Celebration, but I'm like, where is my footage? Um, Anyway, so. I'm very excited for that. There's a lot to talk Mm -hmm. about. Um, Well, we're going to take a super quick break. uh, And when we come back, you can hear Lauren's great interview with Dee Bradley Baker. Stay tuned. Hey, Dee, how you doing? I'm Lauren Morgan. I'm from Entertainment Weekly. Hey, Lauren, good to good to talk with you. Good to talk to with you too. I'm I'm really happy to talk with you. Can you? So I have watched all 14 episodes of Bad Batch season two. Uh, what can you tell me about this season? Uh, this season um, is better than ever. I would say it's more <laughs> interesting to see how Omega is coming online with her powers uh, as a team member, but also as she plays out her life as she um as she finds her place with her family and with within this larger context of what's playing out uh with the rise of the of the empire it's also interesting to see what's going on with the bad batch how they're going to play out these uh these larger forces that are at play that are really aligned against them so do you run do you just find a safe way to maintain this or do you turn and fight? Do you join with the resistance that is that is uh, that Rex and the others are are starting to formulate? Um, so so these are these are very big issues that are playing out with them, and they play out with uh, with such spectacular fun and and uh, and, and heart rending de- detail in season two. It's really it's really more of all the best of what season one had, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. I really, I really enjoyed it, and it was interesting to see how the, the the members of the of the batch are just kind of like starting to feel pulled in different ways. I know we've got sort of where Echo is kind kind of feeling like we need to do more, we need to do more, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and you know, I thought that was kind of fascinating, and which and, makes you know, sense. Mm-hmm, it it yeah. makes sense that he of all of them, he's the one who's going to say, "We got to do this. We got to go. We can't just let this run because yeah. of what he's been through." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, especially yeah, especially since like everything he went through, and you know, also he just knows so many of these like sort of regs, you know, and in, in terms of him seeing this, and you know, the batch were always kind of together as a as a as, as a separate unit. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But and I think like uh, what I saw, I saw the trailer yesterday as well, and 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 you know, not to spoil it too many, but we are going to see some familiar faces. You already mentioned uh, Rex. So where do we find Rex in the season? I will just say Rex is like absolutely one of my favorite characters he's he met we did a ranking of all the star wars characters like a hundred 
like ranking the hundred best. And Rex wound up at thirty-seven, though I wanted him higher. So, but I'm like, where do we find Rex this season? Well, Rex is always he's a rock, isn't he? Mm-hmm. He is he is ever dependable, ever fair-minded, and even keel. Um, he always is part of solving it, and he just is. He's persistent mm-hmm. in 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 how he goes about engaging with it, and so it's 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 wonderful to see this guy who's um, who's seen the worst of it and has been through the worst and has survived it, and finds it within himself to make the heroic choice to dive back into this and to start to push back for the right reasons for the just cause, and. Um, and so this is a kind of a, this is sort of a bellwether character, I think, one that that heralds the the decisions, the moral decisions of how to live life, that the Bad Batch, all of them, um, Crosshair included, mm-hmm. are are coming up against in in season two. And by the way, uh, you know, after watching, I, I I viewed through the the fourteen episodes, the last two I didn't see yet. Yeah, I haven't seen oh. them either. Oh boy. <laughs> I'll just say oh boy. But but for for my money, now what Crosshair is going through and what he endures, um to me it's like I think he might be my favorite now. His plight and his his peril and his journey is a really fascinating one. And um I I really think fans that outpost episode in particular and what that sets in play um, they're really going to, uh, they're going to take a, a whole new look on this guy. It's, um, it's very exciting. Yeah. I definitely thought as I was watching the episodes, like, you know, I just definitely thought where Crosshair was going was really fascinating. Um, well, one of the other big surprises, uh, and we just saw this in the trailer was seeing Cody again. Yeah. And I always sort of thought of, you know, Rex and Cody as kind of, you know, it, like Rex managed to resist his inhibitor chip, but Cody didn't. But that's sort of the tragedy of Cody. So how like, you, you know, how was it returning to Cody and and sort of examining where he is after Order 66 and sort of the gr- regret that he's feeling? Well, this episode with Cody is something that it needed to happen. Mm-hmm. And and I think it's something that fans need to see and will want to see. He's always been a, a very much a fan favorite, even though he wasn't highlighted all that much, even in the Clone Wars series. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but here he is front and center with um, the conundrum of what is playing out and where he stands with the side that he is still a part of. And it's a it's a fascinating story. And and I got to say, you know, without talking about it too much directly, but it it's it's a it's an it's a good indicator of a of a story told in an interesting and innovative way where the most impactful moment of it you didn't even see it wasn't even spoken mm-hmm. you learn about it after the fact and then you put it together what has actually happened and that that's the story that plays out that that makes that that uh, that Cody's story there uh, so interesting and uh compelling and um you know in a way kind of heartbreaking for me 
Yeah, I really agree with that. I mean, I just thought that, you know, I was so glad we got to to see him again. You've worn so many clones at this point, and I, I know you just do them one after another. I was watching you at Star Wars Celebration, just flipping, you know, flipping between them. Do you ever just accidentally do the wrong voice, like, because you're going too quickly? <laughs> like, Yeah, you... uh, so, sometimes I, yeah, occasionally I will do that in a script, but not very often. Mm-hmm. But I, I just get so caught up in the words, and it feels like I know the scene. Uh, but sometimes, yeah, I'm talking, I'm talking wrecker when I should be talking tech. The <laughs> is, they they normally speak so differently, yeah. That 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 rarely happens because they they have it's written so that each is plainly a different character with a different attitude, and um, you know, you're not t- tech is not going to say boom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's going to be wrecker, uh, and 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 there's lots of other variations of that. So the the script itself. Uh, even as we burn through it, usually keeps me on the track. <laughs> oh, that, that that that's good to know. That's good to know. Do you ever wreck your voice by the end of this? Like, because I just I'm so I marvel at, at your ability to go back and forth. At the end of the day, you're just like, I need a cup of tea or something like that. Well, if 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 wreckers fighting a lot, <laughs> then I might need to put that at the end of the session. <laughs> um, but generally speaking, we're we're okay to move through it. But uh, it's only if wrecker goes through a lot of agony and pain then 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 we may have to uh, rearrange the uh, recording order a little bit. <laughs> uh, I know some of your uh, your Clone Wars compatriots have made live action uh, cameos. I know Matt Lanter was in The Mandalorian. Is there any plan for you to uh, pop up in one of the live action shows? Uh, there, There's no plan uh, afoot that I know. Uh, mm-hmm. I suppose that could happen someday. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. My career is one of invisibility where my focus is is on what i create in mm-hmm. the in the acting performance that i create but it's not attached to me being visibly uh present or recognized or acknowledged mm-hmm. and i i don't mind that it's it's weird as a voice actor my job in a sense is to be invisible that if i'm doing my job properly i disappear mm-hmm. and i'm I'm totally okay with that. That said, it, certainly it would be fun to do something on camera. Although on camera, um, you got to be there in person and you, you you have to memorize lines and sit in the trailer. And, uh, <laughs> I'm spoiled as a voice actor. <laughs> I can see the, that. The lifestyle is, uh, it's very appealing. I get to, I get to hang out in here. You know? <laughs> I, as someone who's been working from home for like three years, I, I totally understand that delight. So, yeah. you know. So I, I'm, I'm a voice actor who's okay with anonymity and invisibility. People say hello to me and, and, and may know me at a convention maybe, but mm-hmm. otherwise um, I'm, I'm, I'm all right. And I'm satisfied with, uh, with the wonderful shows that I get, get to collaborate in and, um, and the acting challenge of being these characters that I could not do if if I were on camera, I'd be doing the one character if it's on camera. <laughs> That's but, true. Um, um, but um, so I'm 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 happy. <laughs> That's great to hear. Well, thank you so much, and I I really enjoy your work, and uh, you. hopefully we'll have you uh, on Dagobah Dispatch again. Thanks so much. I'd love that. 
Our thanks to Dee Bradley Baker and our thanks to you for listening. That is it for this episode of Dagobah Dispatch. If you liked what you heard, follow, rate the podcast, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. To keep the conversation going, you can follow Entertainment Weekly on all socials. That's at EW on Twitter and at Entertainment Weekly everywhere else. You can also tag us. We're at Dalton Ross, at Devin Kogan, and at Morgan Clark. Thanks so much for listening. This episode of Dagobah Dispatch is hosted by Dalton Ross, Devin Kogan, and Lauren Morgan. Produced by Chanel Johnson and Sammy Junio. Edited by Sammy Junio. Full episode transcripts are available at EW.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>